What is up? What is up? Welcome back to the podcast that gives middle managers of corporate America heartburn because all their best rock star employees are going to listen to this and leave that corporate job to become a full-time entrepreneur because this is the Action Academy podcast, the show that helps you replace corporate with cash flow and that helps you unlock your inner entrepreneur. I'm Brian Lubin, your humble host and guide. In March of 2022, I left a six-figure corporate sales job to build my own business while traveling full-time around the world. This podcast is a documentation of my journey from zero to $10 million a year so that you guys can learn all the wins, the losses, and the lessons along the way so you can do it too, baby. And as of today, Action Academy is officially a seven-figure company. We hit our first million dollars, ladies and gentlemen. One million and thirty-seven thousand uh, for anybody that's counting outside of me, right? Uh, it took thirteen months from inception, so uh, we just hit this in February twenty twenty-four. Is when we're recording this episode. Uh, so we started January first, twenty twenty-three. The official company. So the podcast has seven hundred and fifty-seven thousand downloads, and we are over a million dollars of revenue generated, which means that we did a million dollars of revenue from a business podcast before we hit a million downloads from a business podcast. If that is not the best MF and way to run a business podcast, I don't know what is. Because you got all these people and they're talking and talking and talking about all the stuff that the best practices, the best theories, the best ideas. We actually do the shit and I'm documenting it live for literally all of you. So if you guys are enjoying this, and you're enjoying my humor, if you will, please share this with a fellow employee, a fellow investor, a business partner, a friend, a family member that you think would get value from this so that they can know that they are not alone and there is a path to escape and become their own boss. I'm going to post the full breakdown of our million dollar moment on Wednesday, full episode. But for right now, what we're going to do is post the best advice that I have ever gotten on scale. This is the best advice. And guys, I don't care if you are buying businesses, if you're starting your own business, or if you're investing in real estate, that whole passive income thing, right? Passive income only exists if your team, your systems, and your operating procedures are tight, period. You can buy that self-storage. You can buy those multifamily properties. You can even do triple net lease commercial buildings. If you don't have the right property managers, you don't have the right systems and people, you are not going to scale. And it sure as hell ain't going to be passively. So today's podcast is with my buddy, Logan Rankin. Um, I'll tag his full episode in the description below. But Logan has been on the show twice. And I even flew out to Wisconsin to go visit him. I believe he has 5,000 doors uh, some odd in his portfolio, fully owned, never syndicated. He owns them 100%. He's doing like $500,000 a month take home. Uh, so he is crushing it. And so he's going to be a billionaire by, I believe, the next probably three years, three to four years, he'll be a billionaire. And so today's episode, you're literally learning hiring and scale advice and business advice from a future billionaire. So guys, uh, if you're enjoying the show, leave a five-star rating and review. And we'll also post some of the episodes of Logan live coaching within the Action Academy community. If you guys are wanting to actually implement the stuff that we're talking about in the podcast, just like I I'm talking about on the podcast. Go join the Action Academy community in the show description. Click the link, book a call, talk to us, make a decision. Easy enough? Easy enough. Let's get to it. So growing a company from four employees, like you just, it's really tough. 
it does not shock me why so many small businesses go out of business. It, it is because what you just asked right there, how you go from four employees to 74, there is a lot of shit like in between there, right? Because you have many different hats. There's a lot of moving parts. I'll, I'll share a few ways of how I did it. I'll also share a couple like mistakes that I made too, because I think people uh, resonate with that. I'm never afraid to share those things. One, one of the biggest things that I've had to learn, and I did learn this one the hard way too, is you should be building your standard operating procedures for the business and never for the employees. Okay. So a lot of mm. people small, you have four or five people and you'd be like, oh, Bob is really good at these things. So let's make sure that Bob does this. And you're kind of creating the system for Bob that if you want to scale, you can never do that. You have to create the system that is best for the business and you have to hire and train and develop your employees to be able to fit that system. Because if you do, it'll break and it's not scalable. So that's one of the biggest things that I spend a, a ton of my time on. Another big mistake that I've made that we've gotten really good at is you want to build the system for three to five years and start operating at that now. When I first was creating my company, we created it for building the system for, let's just say, 500 units. Well, once you get to 600 units, you forget that system needs to be upgraded. So what, what normally was working really well at 500 is now not working great at 600. So now you got to retrain your entire staff on a brand new SOP, a brand new standard operating uh, procedure when it's already 100 units too late. And training is not like it happens in a week. It takes time to people to get that on there. So you got to be forward thinking. I think a lot of businesses go out of business because they're not thinking like, we should be operating at 1,000, even when we're at 200. Like That's what we really got to think about. And even though we don't have a lot of people, we don't have the staff to operate like at 1,000. That's fine. If you don't have uh, a second leasing specialist, then when, oh, at 500. And then what does that person do? Do they do the same thing as the first person? Like, how does that look? So you're just creating what your company would look like. And then you're hitting benchmarks as you'd be able to get there too. The reason I hired the president that runs my company is because he's incredible at culture, team, and development. He's incredible at a lot of things, but he is second to none when it comes to culture. And people don't want to, the labor market is shifting. And people want to work for growth companies because they want opportunity. They mm -hmm. want to grow. And people want to work for companies that are fun and that care about them and that there's culture. And I think a lot of people forget about that. So when you're scaling, it's fucking, it's really hard. So the last thing you want is just to be driving your team over and over again and not having any fun while you're doing it. So I think, I don't think real estate's that complicated. I think scaling a business is more complicated, but yeah. real estate, he didn't have any real estate, who cares? He was running one of the biggest stores at, in the state that I was currently in. He had leadership experience and was awesome at culture. So I would also tell you when you're focused on scaling your company, you should be really in tune with that. And then as you start to get bigger, like this year, for example, I'll spend $100,000 on development and training. For my, we don't have hiring issues. A lot of people I continue to educate or coach a lot of people when they say they have hiring issues, I like to dig in. And have you... You said you're just out to Salt Lake. Did you guys see? I see this all the time. Are you guys like seeing when you go out like to a restaurant? A ton of them are closed down like during lunch because they can't see that all over the place. So it's just, I asked a business owner once that was closed at this really good restaurant here. And he's like, oh, I can't, we can't, we just can't get the people to work. And I said, who are you? Are you, how are you hiring? He's on all the different hiring sites. And I said, uh, so what are you looking for? What are your first couple things that you're looking for? And he goes, first thing he says is experience and then particularly experience waiting tables. And I said, why are you looking for people with experience waiting tables? I'd be looking for people that have good, great work ethic, great attitude, and are personable. 
He's like, then I got to teach them how to weigh tables because they've never done that before. I said, yeah, you freaking do. You got to teach, but wouldn't you want to teach them the way that you want to provide the experience to the customer? I and mean, we're talking about weighting tables. Like, oh, yeah, but it's not that complicated. So that's something you want to start thinking about with your company and scaling too, because if you're scaling quickly, we the, our, our lowest year was a 240% growth year. If you're growing at that kind of scale, you your team's got to be resilient and adaptable. But most of all, a lot of these people, at least in the trades, business, they're not that resilient and they don't want to change and they don't want to adapt. So what we do is we hire a lot of people without any experience. And then we have exceptional training and development programs. And we train them on 90% of what it needs to do to be a plumber, 90% of what it needs to do to be an electrician, et cetera, et cetera. And we just do it all in-house so that they're more adaptable and we can mold them to what we're trying to accomplish. I think we're really spending... I don't think enough entrepreneurs to scale spend enough time on team, Brian. I guess that's my biggest takeaway. What are some of the what are some of the attributes that you look at? What are some of the commonalities that you see that are your benchmarks for what will make a good employee when you're looking for hiring for your team? Where experience isn't as necessarily important because you're going to train them. So what are you looking for? Yeah, I'm looking the intangibles. The intangibles are the driven. Like that's number one. Do they have a drive for results? By the way, I can find that with one interview question. And it's usually where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? tells me everything I need to know about like where they aspire, what they're looking at, or what is the greatest result that you ever drove and how. But I want somebody that is driven to do more, um, whether they end up staying at my company or not. That's number one. Number two, they have to have a great attitude. That is one of the intangibles to me. Like <laughs> you, you won't last if you're not resilient and adaptable and have a good attitude to be able to adhere to the changes that we're making. And then accountability is everything. I don't believe you can teach accountability. So you got to buy it. So that's it. Like if you have those three things, you're hired and we'll hire quick and then we'll plug them into our system and continue to develop them through our company. Yeah. And you know what? What do PE firms, what did these large scale corporations look at when they're buying a company? They're looking at the systems. Yeah. Yeah. If your systems are great, I, I'm still I'm shocked by the amount of emphasis we put on hiring experience and skills. If you got yeah. the systems, if you got the training, you got the development, like that is that is and then you got to be able to keep them. You got to be able yep. to keep them. I, I had another person I was talking to. He's he's had a th- few good years of growth in his business and He's like, I'm just going to stay still this year. I'm just going to... this year. Oh, cool. He's dying then. Yes, that's exactly right. That's what I told him. I'm like, you're dying. Businesses have to grow by about 8%. You're literally going to kill your business. Plus, you're going to kill your morale. He's I'm trying to help my morale. You're going to do the opposite. People want that kind of growth. Like healthy growth. If you feel like the the wheels are falling off, take a step back. But yeah, I that's the hardest part about being a small business because... The only way to be a successful business is to get out of being small. I've, I I think it is an absolute grind. Unless you want to work 90 hours in your own business, doing everything for the rest of your life, you got to stop being small. So the fastest way to stop being small is grow as fast as you can. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the mistakes come from growing fast, but that's okay. You just got to be okay or have great contingency plans, which is something we constantly work on too. My my mindset coach gave me some really good perspective on that. He said that you have this graph of growth and he goes, your y-axis, the vertical axis is going to be success levels and then your x-axis is time. So most people have a really either flatlined success curve or a very gradual success curve. And as you grow in success, there's problems that arise right at different levels of success. Problems never go away. They become different, right? So... My my coach was like, hey, who wants to make a million dollars in a year? Everyone raises their hand and goes, okay, who wants million dollar problems? Who wants to deal with a staff of 42 making cold calls and stuff? 
because that's where it happens to make a million dollars. And so he says, whenever you have a meteoric rise in success in a short period of time, you have to integrate 10 years worth of problems within that short period of time. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what you're saying. So did you have any coaches or mentors that were helping you through this or how are you handling this integration? Yeah, I've lately got into some really good, like high level other operators just starting end of last year, mm-hmm. but the majority of my learning has been through books. Yeah, I haven't had any coach. I've actually never paid for a real estate class or a business class or anything else like that. All of it come from doing. And I don't necessarily recommend that. I think I learned a lot. I Yes, I've scaled rather quickly, but I also think I've made a lot of mistakes. And I think I might have been able to scale even quicker if I would have been partnered with the right mentor or if I would have. Hey, real quick, if you're still listening to today's episode, I'm assuming you got value from it. So I need your help specifically. My two-year vision with this show is to help over 1 million people do what they want, when they want, with who they want. And I can only do that with your help. There are two main ways that a podcast grows. One is through ratings and reviews, and the other is word of mouth. If you could please leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as send this to one or two friends that you think would get value from it, we can reach the people that we're looking to reach. Thanks in advance. Talk tomorrow.